Father, we ask that you would help us to hear your voice tonight as we listen to your word. In the words of Jesus, we ask that uh, you would give us light to see how great and marvelous your mercy is and to rejoice and to be ready to forgive those who sin against us. We ask it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're starting a series, um, just started last week, and the big question tonight uh, is how can I keep on forgiving others? Please take these away, use them as invites to other people, and uh, see uh, if we can uh, get some more folk along in the Sundays ahead. How can I keep on forgiving others, even if we haven't actually said that exact thing out loud? We know the feeling, I think. Um, Consider the following three responses. Uh, I'm going to give you three options. When someone rubs you up the wrong way, option A, a silent mood, a sullen expression I'm fine, when clearly you're everything but not fine. Uh, I'm fine, which actually means, but you'll pay. I'm not letting this go. That's option A. Option B, it's all smiles. Everything's great, but it's through gritted teeth. And uh, it's great, but I am keeping count. (laughs) And I'm not letting go. (laughs) And sooner or later, you'll pay. And then there's option C, which I've called it's all out war. There is an explosion. It's like the hacker, and the tongue is out, ah, and there's no hiding that you are not fine, and you owe me, and I'm not letting go until you pay. Now, if I've described you accurately in any or all of those, it's only because this is how I react sometimes when I feel wronged. Um, On the surface, three different responses, but underneath the same hard-hearted response, a refusal to forgive someone. Isn't it just so easy to hold on to a grudge, to have a grudge and to hold on to it? I, I feel I'm safe in saying that we will all have been there And at the risk of stating the obvious, how hard it is to forgive others. When um, someone um, upsets us a little or or hurts us deeply, whether it's a one-off or whether it's something that is repeated, we all will struggle at different times to forgive people. It, It could be in the families that we grow up in with people that we love dearly. And of course, it can also be with people that we don't love. So it can be with those we go to school with, in our classes, at college, our colleagues. Changing back to people that we love, it can be with our children. Um, It can even happen in the church with Christian brothers and sisters. Something in the past, an issue perhaps in the present, 
and something that's guaranteed to be part of our future. The struggle to forgive. I think it's important just at the outset to acknowledge that that what if we are struggling with something that is just more than somebody's oversight that we've got upset about? Because what if I have to forgive a murder or abuse or adultery? You see, very quickly, either in our own personal experience or through friends and circles that we move in, we will be very aware of terrible things that happen that have massive consequences and cause incredible pain, either personally or or to others we know. And so I'm very conscious at the start here that it's important to just say that this sermon tonight is going to be impossible to address all the issues related to forgiveness. I mean, just think of a couple of scenarios. Um, The other party involved um, could be completely unaware that they've caused hurt, um, completely oblivious to the pain that someone is feeling. Um, Or the other party could, could just be refusing to accept that there's been any wrong done and just refusing to apologize or say sorry or seek forgiveness. So, some of the issues might not be touched on in the talk, but we, we could come back to them in questions at the end. And uh, if there's something that you want to talk about and it doesn't come up, then please grab either myself for a chat or Tom or perhaps uh, a Christian friend here tonight. Tonight's focus is just on one passage, looking at what Jesus says about for- forgiveness specifically in this passage. So it's in no way exhaustive in, in terms of everything the Bible actually says about forgiveness, nor on all the practical outworkings. Um, but we will get some key principles to go away, to think about, to pray about, and to look to apply. So it's great that Jesus teaches his disciples what they must do. And even although he's talking in this section of Matthew's gospel about Christians forgiving other Christians, this will help us with anyone. The section starts with Peter coming with a question, and behind the question is really just simply, how many times? How many times, look at verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Peter's way of saying, how big, Lord, does my forgiveness need to be? What's the limit? It seems that there was a Jewish idea based on something in the Old Testament about God that that you had to forgive someone three times. And it looks as if Peter has taken that, doubled it, and added one, and thought, I'm being fairly generous. And uh, is that enough? Now, if it makes us smile even a little bit, it it does... um, help us to see what our struggle, my struggle, can be when it comes to forgiveness. Often I'm keeping count. Uh, Because for me, there's a limit. And uh, I've just jotted down here 
two barriers that might exist and do exist often in my thinking, which means that I keep count. The first barrier is, is this is happening continually. <laughs> We've talked about this. This has happened before. Uh, and, and because of that, I now have an excuse to be angry because you're being unreasonable. You're not changing, and so I'm not forgiving, at least not at this moment. So there's one barrier, the, the continual nature sometimes of sin. And then secondly, the other reason that we can keep count, uh, I can keep count, is that um, because this is costly. That's the other barrier. This is costly. You keep hurting me. Life is hard enough as it is, and I can't, can't keep giving of myself without return. And actually, in the words of the dragons, I'm out. I'm out. I'm walking away. Now, people do this to us, and we do this to other people. Peter thought he was being generous, but look at what Jesus says in reply. Jesus answers verse 22, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So here we have it. Then it's, it's just our number's not big enough. Get a calculator and keep counting. When you get to 490, if it ticks over to 491, then 490, okay, we forgive. 491, no, we don't. That's really to miss the point of what Jesus is going to say and what he's saying. His answer is not to be taken literally here. It's not about a bigger number. It's about a change of heart. A change of heart. Jesus tells a parable to illustrate his teaching. And in it, he's showing uh, it's about mercy. It's about showing mercy to others the way God has shown mercy to us. Now, in this parable, Jesus starts to tell us what the kingdom of God looks like. And it's just worth saying at the outset that he, he doesn't mean it's exactly like this in this story. It's a parable, so there is a lot of exaggeration to help him make the point. So he is in it telling us what God is like, but he is not teaching us that God is, is like an Assyrian despot who will uh, have you sell your children into slavery to pay for a father's sin. The exaggeration is there to make the point. That's how the parable works. So let's quickly reenact the parable. We need a king. Let's, uh, let's, let's imagine Tom's a king. Okay, Tom is the king and he wants to settle accounts. So he is getting his books out. He opens his books and he's got a lot of books. Let's see your books, Tom. There's his books and he's got his books open. And uh, all these books are actually about me. All these books are actually about me and my debt to Tom. A lot. Now, a talent that was mentioned earlier was the highest unit of currency known. And 10,000 was the highest Greek number. I thought they were clever, but apparently 10,000, highest Greek number. After that, they stopped counting. So the point is that this is massive, 
as big as you can imagine. It's like saying billions or zillions of pounds. And that is what I owe Tom. And he says, Tom says, off with his head. No, he doesn't say that. He says, take away everything until he can repay. But I beg for patience. I beg and promise that I will pay everything back. And incredibly, Tom cancels my debt and lets me go. So I go out an ecstatic Scotsman. (laughs) Absolutely ecstatic. And now I go out and I find Dan. And I get my black book. I look for Dan's entry. And uh, here's Dan's entry. This is all I've got on Dan, right? I've got one of these for everybody that crosses me. But this is all I've got on Dan, and Dan owes me £20,000. So it's considerable, but compared to my debt, it's nothing. But I go to Dan, and I grab Dan round the throat, and I want him to pay me back, and I'm not letting go. And Dan falls to his knees and he begs for patience. The exact same thing I said to Tom. But I say no. Prison until you pay. Now, you lot, witnessing this, you lot are not amused. We're not amused. You're greatly distressed, it says in the passage. You tell Tom, who says to me, what are you doing? I cancelled that debt. Shouldn't you have had mercy on Dan as I had on you? So Tom says, prison until you pay. What should I have done? How should I have reacted? Jesus says it in verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? You see, Jesus at the end of this parable wants us to see the mercy of the king. The parable is about God's mercy demonstrated in a debt that has been cancelled. See God's mercy, a debt cancelled. What is Jesus wanting us to take away about God's mercy and the debt cancelled? Tonight we need to understand afresh again two things. The first is this, that all humans are in debt to God and it's a debt of sin. And it's massive, it's huge. In the words that we sang earlier, the Bible tells us our sins, they are many. This debt of sin is due to our failing to love God, our actions, our thoughts, our deeds. It happens continually. It happens repeatedly, hourly, daily, year after year. Deliberate, non-deliberate, habitual. We are repeat offenders it's a debt that no one could ever repay our sins they are many that is the debt but then the second thing that we can understand under this heading is the only way to be free from this debt is for it to be cancelled that's what Jesus is showing in these verses 
to have sins forgiven because of the Master's mercy. Our sins, they are many, but in the words of the song, his mercy is more. Undeserved kindness from God to the guilty that he is willing to cancel a sin debt of anyone who just seeks his mercy. And it's his great mercy that makes forgiveness possible. It's a mercy without limits. In the Old Testament, God is described as being abounding in mercy so that continual, repeated, habitual sin is forgiven. Some wonderful promises and descriptions of God's mercy in the Old Testament. In Isaiah, in Isaiah 43, 25, he says, I will remember the sins no more. The sins that we can't forget, God has said that he remembers them no more. And then in, in, in Psalm 103 and verse 12, he talks about sin being removed as far as the east is from the west. The sin that seems so close to us when it's forgiven by God, removed. The sin that we think is still right there, removed. As far as the east is from the west. Now before we finish, we must explain how this is possible. But See God's mercy. Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. A debt cancelled. Now, coming back to the parable, I think we now have a new question to ask. And the question is this. How can a forgiven servant do that in the parable? How can that forgiven servant behave like that? How can he accept forgiveness for a debt that he could never repay and then beat up a fellow servant who owed him such a tiny amount in comparison to his debt? Jesus is saying that this is the exact sort of thing that can happen among Christians, but it mustn't. How should the servant in the parable have behaved? It's verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? What point does Jesus make from it? Verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus finishes with the strongest and gravest of warnings. Don't be like the unforgiving servant. Now, when we're hurt and struggling to forgive, the temptation is all often to do what the servant did, to, to pounce on someone else's sin. The hurt that has been caused can be considerable significant because their failure to love us 
But we can very quickly focus on that, and then the result is a refusal to forgive, to cancel that debt, to hold on. But then that immediately asks the question of a Christian, are we understanding God's forgiveness of us? Because it sounds like in that moment we've lost sight of our own sin and God's mercy. How he's cancelled our debt. And we've forgotten how that has been possible through the death of Jesus on the cross. You see, the amazing news of Christianity is that because Jesus had no sin debt of his own, he was able to pay the price for the sins of others by being punished on the cross. So if we've now turned to Jesus, we are forgiven by him forever. No longer facing God's judgment. Sinners no longer facing God's judgment. And what follows is that we must then be eternally grateful for this mercy. And what then is our responsibility? Verse 35, to forgive our brothers and sisters from our hearts. A couple of things to think of just as we round up. The first is to see that both in this passage and the Lord's Prayer, which we read earlier, it's clear that Jesus expects Christians to forgive one another. It's clear that this is a mark of someone who belongs to God's kingdom. Or you could put it this way, a forgiven person will be a forgiving person. A forgiven person will be a forgiving person. Because it shows that we understand God's heart. It's so countercultural. It's not what the world around us would expect. It's an amazing point of witness. But this fruit of forgiveness demonstrates that God's mercy has affected our hearts. There's a warning here not to remain unaffected by God's mercy. And then, secondly, when, when we struggle to forgive, we need to see again God's mercy, that debt of ours which has been cancelled. That God is continually showing mercy to his children. He forgives us again and again. So coming back to those two barriers we mentioned that often stop us being forgiving, Despite continual sin on our part, God promises daily pardon in the Lord's Prayer. Daily forgiveness. He doesn't ever say, that's it, I've had enough, I'm out. But he also, we need to remember the other barrier as well. Cost. There's no 
such barrier with God? Where do we see the cost of our forgiveness? When we look at the cross and we see Jesus dying there for sinners, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Cost was no barrier. I want to finish with a question which I think must flow out of this passage, which is this. Is there anything perhaps that is coming to mind, perhaps very hard and very sore, that now we need to consider and think about forgiving something we maybe find incredibly hard but we need to pray and seek God's help to forgive another person perhaps something grievous and hurtful but we need to be ready to pray about it and as we pray can I suggest that there's a couple of steps that that might just help in the prayers to pray about that we ourselves have a fresh conviction of the seriousness of our own sin. And that we would then in turn be overwhelmed by the forgiveness that we have received from God. And then to pray that we would be able to look upon the person who has sinned against us with the mercy and compassion which God has shown to us as forgiven people. Let's bow our heads and let's pray and ask for God's help. Father, please would you help us to see the wonder of your mercy and how you have compassion upon guilty sinners such as us that through the cross of Christ forgiveness is made possible and we can know our debt of sin cancelled. Please help us to know that our sins, they are many, but your mercy is more. And please give us your help so that that mercy would flow towards other people, even those who have sinned against us. For your glory we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.